Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie and Sarah are here. We are going to start with trivia. And I tried to make this easy enough and current enough that Sarah stands a chance at getting Aww. this question. You made it easy for me? That's so sweet. I don't I don't I don't know if I made it easy for you, but at least made the time period relevant for you know, it's it's not like the 1970s or 80s where like you and I would not get it. And Frenchie would be like, yeah, I know every driver who won every race for the entire decade. Like, you know, yeah, we nice. can't compete with that. Those two decades in the 90s, that sound pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, I nailed it without even intending to nail it. So but honestly, Frenchie kicking it out of the park is one of my favorite parts of the pod. Yes. Agreed. So the trivia today is about George Russell. We have two questions. Mm-hmm. George Russell had his first Formula One test for what team at what track in, I think it was 2015. Yes, it was October 2015. I would be Um, guessing. Can I guess? You can do whatever you want. I don't claim that this is true. Okay. I mean, obviously he raced for Williams. I would have to think that he would have tested for a Mercedes type situation. You're, you're shaking your head. That's a no. That is incorrect. All right. My guess is already gone. Frenchie, okay. over to you. But you know, you can still guess the. Uh, you can still guess what track it's at, and I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, no, I can't give you a hint because it, it might help Frenchie. I'm sorry. His first test was in 2015. You said yes. He won the British Drivers Championship scholarship thing, which get gets you a Formula One test among some other prizes and tees and stuff like that. Was okay. this before or after his PowerPoint? <laughs> before. Cool. Um, I'm going to guess that it, just like where all the tests probably happened, I'm going to guess was at Silverstone. Incorrect. I guess it was gonna be, what? I also knew it was going to be too easy. <laughs> um, okay, I have. Do you have a guess on the team? Yeah, did he test with McLaren? He tested with McLaren. Yeah. I thought it was at Silverstone, if I'm remembering back correctly. It was at Portimao. Oh, that was going to be either of my guesses. I was going to say either Paul Ricard or Barcelona. Portimao? Yes. Weird. It caught me off guard, too. That's why I thought it would be good to throw in there. All right, next one. How many points did uh, George George Williams, how many points did George (laughs) Russell score with Williams in his couple seasons at Williams? His entire time? His entire it time, like one. I it is not like one point. And we no, we are we are taking out the points he got with Mercedes Sikiria. in 2020 yeah. when he ran Securia. Oh, uh, okay. That's my guess. Mm. So essentially, zero? how many po- how many points? It was not. How many points did he get in 2021 with Williams? Uh, it wasn't like it wasn't one. Fifteen or sixteen points. Sixteen points. Really? Yeah. Sorry, that's too close to the microphone. What? Yeah, he made, he got a lot of top tens. Yeah, he has some good you know, like. Also, the... second at Belgium because of that farce. Oh you know? right, right. right. <gasps> so that was how many that. points is that? That's like ten right there. No, twelve. So he got six. Twelve points. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know if it's fifteen or twelve, but yeah. either way. Wow. All right. Okay, so he scored six, sixteen then, and then how many that's did he it. score in total? That's it. 16's total. So he scored no, none other, the any other time. Like, nope. 20, 2019, he scored zero. Let me go back to it. Hold on. Yeah, that's 2019, he scored uh, zero. Okay. Like close to nil. 2020, he scored zero. He scored three with, with Mercedes at Secure. And then 16 oh, right. and 21. Because he finished ninth or something, right? Yeah. Eight he was in... running really, really high before he got hit or he hit someone or something. Yeah. He got he a had, bonus like, a point. He upset that race. He got bonus point for fastest lap and then finished ninth. Yeah. He was leading okay. that race at some point. And then I something happened. I either with the car or he hit someone or someone hit him. God, I shouldn't know that. I thought they screwed up his pit stop. Oh, th- that might have been it. That wasn't it? it. I think it was like they, a oh, they um, tried to like double stack or something and then they failed at it. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. This is all coming back to me now. They didn't have the tires ready in time. So right. they had like Lewis's tires for him and they were all in a different order. And it, that was like totally messed up. So they had to like literally go back into the garage to get the right tires. And then they had to like move the guys around. Yes, that was it. I don't know why that took me so long to remember that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. They clowned him hard. They yeah. did. 
Next question. We are going to move into talking about Australia, and then I'll turn it over to Frenchie after this. Oh, I thought it was still trivia. No. Wait, can I, before you move into next question, can I just share a fun fact about George Russell? I would love to a fun fact about George Russell. Well, it's not even really, it's, it's okay, kind of about George Russell. Um, I was looking at the driver standings today, just randomly. Lance strolls above George Russell in the driver standings <laughs> right now, which is, is the funniest ironic. and best thing ever in my mind. You want another like, fun I fact? That. What's that? Uh, looking at the driver standings as well, Nick DeVries is in last place. I know, oh. like by solidly. Piastri is actually doing, Piastri is in like 13th or something, banana cans. Like he sucked the first race. But You're right. He is in 13th. It's well. because of his points I in know. Australia. Spoiler alert to those who are going to hear us talk about the race. Well, I, I don't think it's a spoiler alert. That's why they're listening to this. I was being sarcastic, but. Okay. So <laughs> if you, if you were to describe the Australian Grand Prix in three words, what three words would you use? Frenchie has to go first. That's fine. I have a question. Yes, I have an answer. Three separate words or like a phrase strung together by three Totally, words. Totally your choice. You could do either. Interesting. All right. My description is wrong difficulty setting because the Red Bulls look <laughs> like they could pass everyone. Like it was a video game and they had it on easy mode. It was embarrassing. Like the, the passes that especially Sergio was able to make it was just like you don't pass there no one passes there and we saw Esteban Ocon do it once but Perez was just like I don't care I'm gonna pass and I'm so much faster than everyone else that it really doesn't matter where I place my car I'm going to get by you yeah he he passed Lewis on the outside at one spot that like nobody ever passes on the outside there in Australia and it's Lewis Hamilton yeah but it's because of the car obviously I mean that Duh, but yeah, but like, the Mercedes wasn't even garbage this weekend. Correct. The Mercedes wasn't garbage, but did you see as soon as like Verstappen got past, he was like light years down the street. Like he was gone. Mm-hmm. That car is just on rocket fuel. I was actually reading a really interesting article earlier about, or maybe it's like a tweet or something. I don't even remember, which is not good sourcing for me. But article and tweet um, are the same. That's obviously not. According <laughs> <laughs> to most of the internet, maybe. to the young generation. <laughs> Um, no, I think it was a tweet referencing an article. So technically it was both that was asking about the DRS regulations and basically asking like how the F is Red Bull so fast with their DRS? Like, is it some sort of unregulated spacing thing or like something that's making it happen? I can't wait to find out they cheated yeah. again. Yeah, I doubt they cheated. I really, <laughs> I really don't believe it. I, I'm not. Conspiracies. I'm not directing that at, at you, Frenchie. It just, it's just <laughs> hard to believe. But also, like in NASCAR, Hendrick Motorsports has cheated like six times this year. So I guess it shouldn't surprise me if a race team tries to cheat. Where you want to start with your, uh, with our recap of Australia? I want your three words, Mike. Oh, my three words. Really, really stupid. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. No, that's... I don't want to do better than that. (laughs) Okay. Because I wasted... Now, granted, I did obviously did not watch it live because I was passed out in my hotel by... I don't know. I think we were asleep by like 10.30. Yep, 10.45 was the last time I looked at the clock and we were out. So uncommitted. Such uncommitted, unloyal fans. Yep. Wasn't even concerned about trying to stay up. Didn't even attempt to. I ran home from the bar for this race. It's called Priorities, guys. You get two gold stars. I don't want them. I just wanted no red flags (laughs) and to go to sleep. That's all I wanted. Yeah. So I think we can all agree that like the first red flag where Albon hits the barrier. Okay, cool. I get it. You know, barrier replay. Frenchie's showing something to me, but I can't see what it is. Predictions predictions we'll we'll do that afterwards at this point okay and so yeah this podcast is just like the race very chaotic very chaotic it's you know we try to match the energy of each race so like next time there's a really boring race we will just be very boring i guess i I won't be on then yeah (laughs) well all right and then I don't know. reaction for me. Sorry, continue. I keep interrupting you. I'll stop. It's okay. What happened in the middle of the race? Because I have to be honest with you, I kind of tuned out once, you know, like like Frenchie was saying, 
Verstappen was went into Mega Man mode and passed everybody yeah. three times and was ahead by 20 seconds. And yeah, I don't know what else. Between like lap 17 and lap 50, I don't think that there was much of anything. Like lap 17 yeah. was, I think, the last yellow slash red situation. And then, which I think was Albon, because it was Charles that turn one, then Alvin, then Hulkenberg, then Chaos Disaster Mess. <laughs> If I if I remember correctly, there were a handful of cool passes that I mean those kind of Carlos Sainz made a cool pass I think on yeah. I don't remember who it was Gasly I think it was actually at some point in the yes, race that was pretty it was really good good pass going into turn one turn two I don't remember two because but it's after that long fun. straight yeah yeah that was that was really cool I mean kind of heartbreaking because I'm a Gasly fan but like it was uh, that was really cool to see from Carlos especially also obviously because Charles was at that point so it was like (laughs) all right we got someone doing something for the little red team over here oh (laughs) a little red team okay so how all right so that happened then we have the disaster of the end of the race I don't know, Frenchie, how do you want to how do you want to talk about the end of the race? Because honestly, if it were up to me, I would close my laptop and never talk about the end of this race because it was annoying. So I mean, it reminded dramatic. me of Nashville IndyCar last year. <laughs> Good one. That's Just interesting. Like That's actually one of the equipment. IndyCar races that I was like glued to my TV to watch last year. That's mm. really interesting. Yeah. That's how I found this race. Like when I just watched it and I just watched it before recording this, I I don't agree with you, Mike, about it not being like closing my laptop and not wanting to talk about it. I think it was so absurd and chaotic that I can't wait to talk about it. I'm being dramatic. I'm I'm okay. not saying I don't actually want to talk about it. I'm just saying it was so annoying and absurd that it's frustrating. For the one fan here who actually stayed up and watched it at four o'clock in the morning, I was actually really glad that it happened because it made it worth it. You know, like if it like ended in a really depressing, weird or slow, non-chaotic way, I would have been like, all right, why didn't I just watch this tomorrow? But I think the series of chaos while in the moment, I just wanted to go to bed looking back. It like, I remember at four o'clock in the morning, like having all of my group chats blowing up because like we all stayed up and we were all watching it and like that made it worth it for a lot of us. Okay. How do we want to break it down, Frenchie? I'll leave this to you. Break down the end of the race. Yes, um, that is a good question. To be honest, it is a lot to untangle. So well, you you are the one that watched it the most recently. So that's so actually gonna... probably a good person. Okay, so let's talk about the first restart on lap fifty six. Should we go to the why there was the first red flag? Which sure the the Magnuson did we? Yeah, did he hit the wall or did his tire did... fall off? It, it looked like he hit the wall. He hit and the it, wall. Yeah. So and his tire fell off because he hit the wall. So let's ask. Both. Let's ask this before we talk about the restart. Did there need to be a red flag on lap fifty-six of fifty-eight? Nope. I say We're, yes. No, absolutely not. There's two laps. Yellow left flags. In the race. Yes, yellow flag and the damn race. But did you see his tire go? <laughs> yes. And it like but, completely like. That's that's fine. Created you, so much debris. But you don't you there is no point in having a restart for a lap and a half or two laps. It's just not worth it. It's going to create what it created, which yes, exactly. for spectacle purposes was right. crazy. But, but there was for the purposes of legit racing. Wheel across the track. Someone the ra- was gonna hit and the race. And the race then. Say there's too mm-hmm. much debris, race is over. Oh boo. That's IndyCar lame. just did that at Texas. Yeah. Yeah, that's no why need. IndyCar sucks. Whoa, um, you just sorry. lost a bunch of our listeners for on, who are be on your side. <laughs> the, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The red flag at the end of the race, if there are like less than five-ish laps left in the race, is unnecessary under like 99% of the circle. Like there's always yes, French, you can go after me. Okay. After there are certain circumstances where it can work, but like you know, Texas for IndyCar this weekend, the Indy 500 most years is just totally unnecessary. Like when when Marcus Erickson won the Indy 500 last year, the red flag was what, eight laps to go somewhere around there? Fine. 
anything less than that is just a waste of time. And you see, like, if they did a rolling start, okay, maybe I could see it. But a standing start, you are just being, you are being NASCAR. You are attempting to make drama where there does not need to be drama because now you have Logan Sargent with a broken car. You have both the Alpines with a broken car. You have uh, Carlos Sainz with a penalty, upset about his penalty. You have, <laughs> I don't cried. know, he cried. Yes, yes, he wept. He wept loudly in his seat as he sat there. You know, you have other guys with damage. You have Alonso being spun. Like I, ha- I, I definitely have not hit every car that had an issue there. So like, what's what's the point? What was the point in that? Because nothing other than like us talking about that it happened, nothing actually happened. They went back to the original starting order, you know, where Alonzo was in third after for the yeah. third red flag. And then we'll get to the third red flag in a second because I have other thoughts about that. But I don't know. It just seems wholly unnecessary. I think it pissed off probably like hardcore old school racing fans. I mean, and that's the perception I'm getting. Like me and you, I guess, and just I would just classify Sarah as like somewhere in between old school hardcore racing fan and like a new fan. You're somewhere in the middle, which is why it's interesting to talk about racing with you. But I think what you said about NASCAR and it being NASCAR, I mean, for as much as I don't watch NASCAR and I can't get into it, a lot of people do. Yeah. And so, I mean, something's working there and this has gotten buzz around F1, which if that's all they care about, they're they're doing it right. Yeah, I'm not discounting that at all. You are 100% correct. To be fair, I didn't expect them to restart at the end. I expected them to call it, but I think yeah. when they did say they were going to restart, I was like, that's interesting. This is going to be chaotic. All right, I'm in. Like, I mean, fair. if that's the call that they're going to make, I'm going to be like, all right, let's do it. Like the stamp and send it. Literally, I mean, minus Danny Rick, Rick, but whatever. So I, I thought it was fun. With the first question, or next question, we've already asked a lot of questions. Carlos signs five second penalty. Do we agree, disagree? How do you, how do we, you know, in two, in two sentences, how do you feel about that? Anybody can go first. I mean, he did hit Alonso. Correct. So, like, that did happen. It's not like it, he was given a penalty for something he didn't do. However, there was a lot of people hitting a lot of people. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I can justify it because, again, in so many prior races, people have gotten the same penalty for doing the same thing. goes back to our conversation that we have every single week about FIA trying to keep consistent. And if it happens one race, you have to do it for the next. But... I don't know. I mean, I I think it made sense. He was very sad about it, but he hit him, and that's just what happens. We do have some news, though, that I just saw a few minutes ago, and that, of course, I mean, I think you have to in this situation. Um, Ferrari is going to appeal that penalty with the FIA. So here's what uh, Fred Vasseur said, or Big Frank. Yes, Big Shout Frank. Out to right. Yeah. He said... Yeah, we're discussing it with the FIA. He doesn't want to disclose any details, but he essentially said that his team is unsatisfied with the inconsistency, Sarah, which is why I thought it was interesting to bring up, uh, relating to the lack of punishment for two other incidents that occurred at the same restart. So essentially, like, why did he get punished and people who hit other people at that restart did not get penalties? Yeah, I get that. I 100% get that. I think if he was penalized, then other people should get penalized. Go ahead, so the only other one that I guess theoretically could have been penalized is Sergeant. Cause like the Alpines took each other out. Like everybody else who was out of, who was involved in that contact was essentially out of the race. So I don't know, like if you're going to get Sergeant, them anyway. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first time. Like just for yeah, consistency's sake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's not wrong either okay <laughs> no i'm joking that might be what he wants though yeah i know but yeah. that's real right i think you know there's so many things that come up for i mean even if you just listen to the past few podcasts that we've recorded of mike you saying like yeah i mean technically i understand why he got the penalty but he shouldn't have because it's dumb like i understand that because otherwise 
everyone is going to get penalized for every single thing that they do. So I think that that's what makes it really hard for the FIA to like actually make the decisions that they do because they don't want to just throw out a hundred penalties a race, but they also want to make sure that people are abiding by the rules. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. This week I agree. Uh, Okay. So let's go to, you know, all the chaos happens. They red flag it again on the last lap. The, you know, as I said, the reorder goes to, you know, where, what it was at the last red flag at this point with all of the crap all over the track, all of the chaos, there is one lap in the race. Again, I'm still of the opinion on this restart, you know, if you're, if you can make the case like Sarah did for the last one and, or Frenchie saying like, you know, entertainment value, it's working. Okay. But this last one with one lap to go, I just, it's just, it's so dumb. And what was it? I don't, I think it was still like, you know, there was a good half hour of red flag time at that point. I fast, obviously fast forwarded it because I watched it Wednesday afternoon, but you know, Sarah didn't have that option at 4.30 in the morning or 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think we need to spend too much time on this last red flag, but Frenchie, go ahead. I was just going to say two things before we, I guess, move on. Yeah. The first is that I propose a rule that they don't have a restart if it's not enough laps for DRS to get turned back on. If you're going to have that gimmick, then it's not legitimate. Like if you, it's two laps or more, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First two laps. So the third lap. So you would need technically three laps left in the race because, I mean, if if DRS is how a lot of these passes are made, then you need to have that back on for there to be any point in a restart, or you're just going to run around in the same positions in a lot of places. I like that rule. Respect. That's my vote. And then George Hamilton or not George Hamilton. Did we call him that earlier? (laughs) I think George Hamilton's like an old school celebrity. I don't remember exactly who that is, but I'm picturing a really like falsely tanned. I'm going to look up a picture of him. But anyway, I got it for you. George Russell. Do you see who George Hamilton is? Yeah, he's an American actor. Films such as. Is he incredibly tan? Yeah. Hollywood ending. The Godfather part three. Zorro the gay blade. Light in the (laughs) piazza. Your cheating heart. I don't. Yeah, that was Cheat and Heart was in the 60s. And... I only know The Godfather Part 3 out of those you listed. I'm surprised. I think what Mike said earlier was George Harrison, not Hamilton. Oh, the Beatle guitarist. Nice. The Beatle guitarist. I was listening I to the Beatles earlier. And a today. motor racing fan. Yeah. See. Um, But that blow up with his engine was kind of crazy. Like, I, I think when I was watching the broadcast, I don't remember who it was that said it, but basically said that was a very 90s style like engine blow up that we don't normally yeah. see these days yeah you don't see like a a full-on you know smoke and fire coming out the back like that too often usually it's a brake failure or electrical or you know hybrid component etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah you could actually you see what like was going wrong yes, I, I, I was just thinking about lighting some <laughs> s'mores in the middle of the race you don't want to light some s'mores in the middle of the race all right. Might taste like oil. Smoke on the barbie. Shrimp on the barbie. Right? I don't want that on my s'mores. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like my s'mores too too close to the fire. I like just, you know, a little crisp. <laughs> or with now seafood on them. I definitely don't want my s'mores with seafood either. As much as I like well, both, no, I don't that's want an them Australian together. Thing. Shrimp on the barbie. I know. I was just, I'm just having fun. That's insensitive. But not enough fun. Oh my God, guys. <laughs> I'm having a good time here. <laughs> Everyone listening to this me like, what is going on? That's so funny. let's let's do pretty Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. 
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. I'm pretty sure mine were terrible. So ours both were. Okay. Well, you know what? Quickly, actually, before we move on, can we just talk about that George thing for a second, too? Because George they had, <laughs> no, George Harrison, obviously. They had uh, pit him for new tires under the yellow. Yeah. And then they ran a red like two seconds later, which, so when they pit him for new tires, it pulled him from the front of the grid. And then red obviously everyone switched tires so that screwed up their strategy and then his engine blew up so really it was just like a not great day for george and maybe that's why lance rolls ahead of him in the driver's championship right now that's the only reason i can think of but all right continue with your predictions my old i i do want to say that sarah why are you not in our grid rival league what's grid rival oof Fired again. Sarah's been fired <laughs> twice in this episode. Well, I'm going to Long Beach in like four days. So I guess I'm going without you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going without me anyway. Well, I know, but going without helping you, which yeah, I would yeah. never do, obviously. Yeah, you, so what is Grid Rival? The Fantasy F1 League that we we posted on Twitter and Instagram like 86 times before the season. And mentioned started. No, in a no, bunch I of episodes. understand, but is that's different than just the regular F1 fantasy or that's just your F1 fantasy? Yeah, league? it's separate no, it's, app. Yeah, it's a separate app. It's way better. I thought you guys just did on F- the F1 Fantasy app. Hell We're no, an influencer league. Yeah. Uh-huh. In Grid Rival. We we inter- have interviewed the founder of Grid Rival, Ross, like twice now. He's a cool oh, guy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm a little late. Yeah, you're but- three rounds in. Yeah, that's going to screw up my uh, my average. Mm-hmm. But predictions. Predictions. Anyway, yeah, that's, I just thought that was we needed to bring that up. That's fair. Um, okay, so I picked Alex Albon to have a good weekend. Yikes! <laughs> Whoops, he retired. Yikes! A host picked Lance Stroll. He finished fourth. Yes. All wow. right. All right. Host. Okay, I picked Yuki to have a bad weekend. He finished tenth. That's not bad at all. And we have some news about him. And then host, you pick Carlos Sainz. Um, I would say it's a bad weekend because he finished twelfth. So you're that that one's definitely accurate. I mean, he was on to have a good weekend until literally like the last lap of the race. Yeah. So that's all we did. All right. Fair enough. So Yuki news. Let's let's just jump right into it. Sure. So this is speculation, I guess, but just leading into a quote that Franz tossed, who we know does not really mince his words. Like, the guy doesn't lie. He doesn't sugarcoat things. He said, as far as I know, Sergio Perez still has a contract for next year. But all I can say is that Yuki is on the right track. He has improved in every respect. And he said at some other point, Yuki drove two extremely strong races so far. I'm very happy with him. It's not his fault that we aren't competitive yet. But I think he should drive at Alpha Tauri again in 2024. In 2025, I think he will finally be ready for Red Bull. Absolutely not. There is not a single shot in HE double hockey sticks anywhere on this planet that that's happening. Unless he shows some insane improvement, because whether the car is good or not, you still have to be a decent driver. And I don't think he's shown too much consistency yet. So no, no, I will play devil's advocate for just one second, even though I don't think it's going to happen really either. But he is destroying, I mean, it's only three races as a sample size so far. Nick DeVries, who is a Formula 2 champion and a Formula E champion and is generally thought of to be like a pretty talented driver in the same car. Do do we think kind of on that topic, DeVries is kind of not showing too much compared to Sonoda because the car, he's actually not that talented or that the F1 ladder system is so broken that, you know, he really hasn't had too much seat time in what, like four years now? Like, or is it a little bit of everything? Do you guys remember Yuki's rookie season? He was 
garbage. He yes. was getting destroyed the entire time too. So I don't think that this is really like cognizant of anything. I think Nick needs more time in the car, as you just said, Mike. I think maybe he's performing well, sure, but he doesn't have anything else of what it requires to be a Red Bull driver. And there, I think there's just way too many people that they would choose ahead of him at this point. But Red Bull loves petulant babies. Like the, he is the perfect personality for Red Bull. Like I'm not, I'm halfway joking, but like they don't care not. about their personality yeah. at all. They want you to be so competitive that you are like kind of a terrible person. And Yuki, he's on his way there. I mean, he he was having his rage problems with where he's like cursing at his team over the radio. Like he he and Max might be two peas in a pod. Okay, now that you say that. Max's first year slash two was very relatively similar. I mean, he was performing much better just first off, but also, you know, being very risky with his choices, being very elbows out 99.9% of the time, kind of on fire, but like he made it work to his advantage. I think the difference is, I don't know if Yuki can make it work to his advantage. He doesn't have the racecraft at this point. Fair. Correct. So can you teach that? Maybe. Because the speed is what you're looking for and you can kind of train the other stuff. And I think that's what Red Bull sees. But I don't think he would be a good number two. No, absolutely not. And I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe in like three or four seasons, maybe. But I don't see 2025 or whatever he just said. Like, I don't, I don't see that. But what do I know, right? I'm not. The only, the only to like to play like double devil's advocate. The only way it could like conceivably happen, and conceivably is probably not the right word. The only long shot it happens is if Perez is just sick and tired of playing number two, and we've seen like a little bit where he like you know at the end of the what was it Jetta when he was like, why is Max catching up to me? Like if that just go to some crazy you know chaos oh it again, will. this this is you know i'm grasping at straws here i'm not saying this is even likely to happen well no maybe... i think that that is likely to happen but i don't think yeah. that yuki's gonna be the one to take his place it's the only way i could see them just being like we need somebody in f1 right now we're gonna mm-hmm. promote yuki but it's like again i still don't buy it but just spitballing i see yuki going to red bull for like a few races and then getting kicked out and booted out like Alex Albon did. I was literally just about to say, do you think that Red Bull has learned their lesson about promoting people too early and then nope. knocking them down? That was my exact same thought. Yep. Like so they did with both Gasly and Albon. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that I, I think plays into this that may or may not be relevant is just that they're not going to have the Honda connection anymore. So they yeah. don't necessarily need like Yuki is, honda's um i don't know what the word is like golden boy i guess you could call him right because i mean japanese driver it's huge for a japanese company right that was the only other thought that i had was maybe maybe if they wanted to play in the honda thing but that doesn't that's irrelevant now they have four yeah so it doesn't matter i don't know i don't see it i see way too many people taking that spot ahead of him but again what do i know fair Friendship, we got any other news? Um, yeah, oh. we do, but I... Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say we're going to talk about uh, the 2008 championship. Yeah, yeah, that was the okay. other piece of news. Okay. But I wanted to bring up one thing before, and that was the spiciness between... <laughs> Let's just call them George Hamilton. That's the name of the team now, <laughs> like the two of them. Um, <laughs> it's an old tan white man who's like an irrelevant, and I don't even know why I know who he is. But sounds on brand for everyone. The yeah, that's true. He looks like someone who would show up in the paddock. Like I think he wears a cravat. That type of person. I don't even know what cravat is. No. Okay, it's like the. The You don't have like a scarf tucked in to like instead of a tie kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That it's like the very pretentious like country club. You're wearing like a navy blazer with it. Yeah. I love that word. That's a fantastic word for that. Just type in cravat into your Google search right now and no, you'll see I'm what good, I'm talking but about. Thanks. 
<laughs> I'll send you. I'll just like keep posting pictures of cravats to you guys later. But what did you think of how pissed off George seemed on the radio when Lewis was pushing him? I'm fine with it. I I, I want to see George. You know, I think it also helps George get better as a driver. So I don't see any issue with it. I also don't. I mean, what what does George expect if if there's going to be no team orders? That's what it is. But I also agree with the broadcast that the best way to beat Red Bull is to work together. But I don't have any issue with it. I think teammates need to quarrel once in a while in order to push each other to do better. Fair. I was more trying to bring this up in not to speculate, but kind of to speculate because that's what podcasts do a lot of the time (laughs) on their relationship. I mean, we talk about teammates that clearly don't like each other like Sergio and Max yep what do we think of the George and Lewis relationship I mean wasn't was I think he was asked Lewis was asked something last week and everyone made a big deal out of it of like are you happy for George and the team And he was like no not really it doesn't affect me or something do you remember what I'm talking about did you guys see that I think Hamilton is low-key in his villain era right now he is like Mm -hmm. not having it he's like completely replacing his whole team he's like throwing sheets to the wind he is like in a villain era and i kind of love it for him because he's been this like golden child golden boy for a number of years where like he was performing really well and then everyone loved him off the track and he was just like this amazing human which don't get me wrong that's wonderful there's nothing wrong with that that's great but i don't know villain eras are kind of fun too so i don't know i think he's just he's really prioritizing what's important what's not and i think he's trying for so long to be like the well-liked, friendly guy, and now he's just, like, over it. And vaping. Like, he vapes now, and we found he that out. He vapes now? You don't listen to our show, okay? We talked <laughs> about this. You, you guys post, like, every two days. How am I supposed to listen to it? We post two episodes two a week. He's right. You're fired for the third time now, probably, according to Mike. <laughs> I wasn't going to fire her for that one. You're, you guys are the ones that hired me in the first place months ago. I questioned you guys that months ago when you first did it, so. I yeah, he vapes. I'll send you this that's crazy pants that's so not his brand exactly he's he's a villain now yeah next thing we need to do is get him on his scooter vaping into the track because the (laughs) internet will have a total meltdown at that point wearing like a cruella deville outfit (laughs) with i could see him wearing that with his cravat nice (laughs) give me like a a month and i'll get that for you just for you i'll let you guys break it on the plp socials okay thank you Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about a cravat. No, I'm talking about my... <laughs> You're going to buy us cravats. <laughs> I will also buy you cravats. Can I buy you P.O.P. branded ones? Branded cravats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is your but Christmas we never gift this year. I'm letting you guys know that is your Christmas gift this year. What did you guys spend money on this year? Cravats. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually... This is so off-tangent, but whatever. I was putting together grid click expenses earlier today, and we spent like $400 on stickers. Just the yeah. most ridiculous thing ever. Mike loves stickers. He's all about that. Stickers are annoyingly expensive. They are. Yeah, it's really I dumb. I but value okay. my stickers. Like, I don't put them on things because I value them too much. And I like just having them in a pile on my desk. Yeah. I, I need one of those. On another one. Oh, I have that exact same sticker. Yes. On my... AO Racing. They can't. Yeah, you have to tell the listeners what it is. Oh, sorry. yeah. Sorry, I have my water bottle here with the AO Racing Porsche GT3 car. It was. It is not. It, it is the car that ended up as the dinosaur car at Sebring, but it is not in the dinosaur livery. But it's like the spotter guide picture of it is. Yeah. your sticker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I actually have that same exact sticker, and I did what Frenchie did. That is in like a keepsake box that I don't want to stick it on anything because it just like. It's like a moment for me. It's like a mem. That's I don't know, That's wild. That's so interesting. We can go into the philosophy of stickers and what we stick and what we save. How exciting. Everybody be like, yep. And I'm never listening to F1 episodes again because they have Special gone episode. totally off the rails. <laughs> Sorry, my fault again. Maybe okay. you should just fire me. It's, we're not going to do that. Everyone listening, gosh, darn it. <laughs> and we lost seven more subscribers. <laughs> It's okay. I make up for it with my smile. Fair. 
All right, can All I right. close out now so I can stop waffling on? Crunchy, we have Massa. Crunchy, we can't hear you. No, Crunchy, you're on mute. Crunchy, you're on mute. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was trying to avoid my dog um, barking and bothering people, but instead I started talking and no one could hear me. <laughs> so anyway, yes, Felipe Massa. Well, we found out, I think, I, I, is Bernie Ecclestone, like, does, does everything he say says have to be a controversy? Does he, does he like not know Mm -hmm. how to just perform as a normal human being like i i really mm -hmm. think he's like one of those men in black people where his face is going to open up and there's like a little tiny alien you know what i'm talking about you see men in black there's a little tiny alien controlling like the body in him he he's not he's not normal he's not a normal man something's wrong with him but we can what talk about that another today? day i don't know i don't know want to know what he said today you don't oh well he didn't really i mean he basically just said that the FIA and he and Max Mosley specifically, who another um, gem, but you know, go look, go look up his family history. If you want something interesting, his parents were Nazis. Um, not, not a joke. So anyway, Oh my God. Brazil 2008. Right. Oh yes. I did uh, see this. Yeah. That was the other. So we know how Brazil ended like Felipe Massa was the world champion for about what 30 seconds or something. And then Lewis yeah. Hamilton made enough passes that he needed to make to finish one point ahead in the championship. Well, according to Bernie Ecclestone, they knew about Crashgate in Singapore, where if you don't know about this, it's very interesting. I would go look it up. Basically, Nelson PK Jr. was told by the Renault team to crash on purpose to allow Fernando Alonso to win the race. And they knew about this because I think essentially Flavio Briatore, who was the head of the Renault team at the time, later fell out with the PKs. And then Nelson PK Jr. or Sr., I don't remember which one, maybe both tattled. And right, they were part of a conspiracy, but then they basically saw like, oh, we have an out where we're not going to get in trouble for this because we just throw everyone else under the bus. So they did that. I guess Max and Bernie knew about it much sooner but they essentially argue that they didn't necessarily have the evidence they needed to prove it. But Felipe Massa is now pissed off because that throws the question of is the championship legitimate or do you like throw that race out, I guess. And if you throw that race out, I believe Felipe retired and Lewis Hamilton finished third. Yeah. So I don't actually know what that would do to the championship, but I assume it would allow Felipe to win. Otherwise he wouldn't be trying to pursue legal options. Mm -hmm. I, this was 15 years ago. Like why, why, yeah. why are we? Yes. I can do math every once in a while. No, I was why, just thinking about how old we are. Sorry. Yeah. Well, shut it. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I have words other than this is totally ridiculous. This is on brand and totally ridiculous and so dumb. It's not, nothing's going to change. You know, we, it, it happened. If this was like a year or two afterwards, uh, okay, fine. But 15 years, you know, it's time to, it's time to just move on with life. Can I, I, I say something you, that will probably yeah, make you guys happy? Go for it. I love smiling. <laughs> I think this is evidence of why people who only watch F1 need to get their heads out of their butts. Because this is something that's like so on brand for F1 that it's like not even a surprise at this point. And of course it's going to happen to other series, whatever. But like, I don't know, man. I think that's just for these people to think that that's... Okay, let's say, let's say you know, he goes through legal action. They find the evidence out of a tin can and he gets the championship. Okay. What is that going to do for anyone? Like, right. like, what what is that going to do for him? Is he really going to feel that happy that 15 years later? Like, no, you want to be able to celebrate in that moment. You want it to be able to be part of your career. You want it to be able to be part of your moment. And all you're doing is taking it from someone else. Of course, if it's actually deserved, I understand the moral wanting to fight for it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of just like mucking up mess that, has the dust has settled the mess has been settled so why yes. would you just dredge it up again
Yeah. No, somebody in the group chat when we posted about this, I think said rent free. Basically that like <laughs> this moment lives in Felipe Massa's head rent free. Lewis Hamilton has won what? six other championships and a bunch of other Grand Prix since then he does. I mean, I'm sure he would care if you stripped him of that title, yeah. but like does Felipe Massa really want to win the 2008 title by a technicality in court? No. F 15 I'm, years later. But I bet he, he, for some reason, I guess he'd be okay with that. That's not really sporting to me. And like, I was talking to Mike, I think texting him about what if Damon Hill came back and was like, the 94 championship, which he lost yeah. by one point after he got crashed out of the race by Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Like if it got take, like if it was taken away from Schumacher and given to Damon Hill, if he went to court for it, I could never see him doing that. Not only just because he won the championship two years later, but just because he doesn't seem like the type of person who wants to win that way. So this is like some real crybaby, spoiled brat type stuff from Felipe Massa. And I mean, am I really surprised? Not really, but mm -hmm. you know, it's this is like Sarah said, Bernie just he's what, 90 something years old. Yeah, he's going to spend these last few years of his life where he still has billions of dollars and continue to evade taxes, which allegedly he has done, <laughs> which I think we talked about. Right. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So allegedly, oh, though, um, <laughs> that your bases. allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I know he's a litigious man, and I would imagine um, he'd be happy to bring me to court if I, he could pull any money out of me, but I don't have much <laughs> to give, sir. But it's just like, he's going to spend the last few years of his life just, I don't know, flinging mud, like you said, Sarah. And I guess Felipe Massa is willing to go in with him on that. Something that could be really interesting to come from this is Lewis diving deeper into his villain era. Like imagine after all of the mess that's happened over the last few years for then this to happen, he would be so defeated. Like that, I, my heart breaks for him in that. Like I'm not Lewis Hamilton's number one fan, but that would freaking suck to like be just yeah. drudged back through that. And after especially everything that he went through recently. 2008 season, I'm pretty sure... Lewis had a better season overall. Like, I don't know. Let me see this. Let's just look. Well, Max had a better season overall in 21. Yeah, I know. So a lot of people say that he was deserving of that title because it went to him, like, even though he was most consistent, even though it went down to the wire, which yeah. I don't know about that. But Lewis, let's see, one. But that was, again, one of those things Five that it was wins. so on the wire that if 2008 being the same, like, are people just going to be scrupulous for every single world driver championship now? Because again, I understand people want to be scrupulous, but it's also, I don't know. Part of me is like, it's part of the sport. That's like, what's so unique about F1 is that people are like so detail oriented and that there are all these rules and regulations that you have to like nitpick it through in order to find the winner. And then part of it's like, why so dramatic? <laughs> You know, which I understand, I guess, is the, the appeal of a lot of it. But oh, there's a you know, soap when... opera part of F1 for sure. Oh, yeah. But this is different than the soap opera part because this is like, though it flies back to our consistent conversation about inconsistencies. It's like if things are always changing, rules are always changing, decisions are always changing, then it's just going to be like a continuous wrecking of like again like raking up that mud and not letting any dust settle so by the time the dust settles everyone's like i'm done with it move on and like nobody really enjoys the process anymore yeah can i ask another question sure what is the beef between bernie and lewis hamilton because bernie has basically said that um, he said felipe massa was cheated out of that 2008 title while lewis hamilton got lucky I mean, I don't think he like Lewis. He likes Lewis because Lewis tried to make so much change during the Bernie years that Bernie was so against. Like any, like again, any of this, like you can't speak out politically, blah blah blah, whatever. Like that essentially was the Bernie era. So I think Lewis was trying to do so much good in the sport and was really ruffling Bernie's feathers, and Bernie was not having a second of it. Got it. He said, I still feel sorry for Massa today. He won the final at his home race in Sao Paulo and did everything right. 
He was cheated out of his title he deserved while Hamilton had all the luck in the world and won his first championship. Today, I would have arranged things differently. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Michael Schumacher is still the sole record world champion for me, even if the statistics say otherwise. Just his lack of respect for Lewis is infuriating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you surprised? No. No. But I still want to call him out anyway. It's just like... Like, what a sore loser. Like, who you didn't want to win the title won the title. Whatever your personal feelings are about Lewis, respect him as an athlete and a driver. That's the least you can give him. I was going to yeah. say something mean, but I'm not going to. I kind of want to hear it now. Yeah, let's, let's, all right, let's hold on. <laughs> That's the, we're going to end the episode as soon as Sarah gets done her mean comment. I am literally, my finger is on the stop recording button. So we will not stop this recording. Even if Sarah sits here quietly for the next hour, <laughs> the recording will sit here quietly for the next hour. <laughs> so, Sarah. It is all up to you. <laughs> yeah. Slander Bernie Ecclestone. Well, it's not even, I mean, it is about Bernie. Um, it just, it surprises and shocks me how someone with so much power and so much money can still have such a frail ego. That's all. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 